For BYU-Idaho Radio, I'm Chandler Guadagnin. I'm joined in studio today by Benjamin Pacini, who is a faculty member of the education department here at BYU-Idaho. Thanks for joining me, Ben. It's a pleasure to be here. This is fun. Absolutely. So let's get started um, by asking you this question. How did you get involved in education? Because most people, when they go into the education going to education for themselves, they're like, I want to get this done and run away. <laughs> so what caused you to be like, I want to stay here and make this my career? I, I was actually, I, I think it was like an eighth grade or something. And I remember I had a teacher that I did not care for. And so the only way that I could survive the class was I would sit in the back and imagine, you know, if I was the teacher, I would do this way better. And that was probably arrogant and cocky, but it got me through to wanting to teach really badly because I thought it was really fun. Teaching is one of the most compelling like, how do I say this? It It's one of the only things that takes up my full brain, right? Like it's something that I can pour my entire brain into and it just feels so fun and so, so exciting. Um, and so from a young age, I was really interested in, it, you know, patriarchal blessing and and, and inner feelings that I had and, and all of those things. Um, and then when I was in college, I saw a little poster up on the wall that said, um, you know, less than 50% of um, people in poverty will graduate from high school this year. And I'm sure the stats have changed and maybe that one wasn't right. And maybe I'm remembering wrong, but, um, I remember that that stopped me right in my tracks. And I said, so this isn't just a, it's fun for me issue. This is also a way to make a better world and build Zion. Um, and that was, that was enough for me. And so I was a freshman at the time and I studied economics, something completely unrelated. Um, but that little poster never left me. And so I ended up t uh, applying for something called teach for America. And then I went to work in Baltimore city for a few years. So th that's interesting to me. You saw that poster and you thought, this is how I can build Zion. So that sparks another question in me is how has your faith and your belief in Jesus Christ led you on this path or helped you on this path to well, become a better teacher? That's a great question. I, I think <laughs> the first thing that that little poster did was that it, it forever ruined me because when people pass out posters, I'm like, ah, those don't work. But that one did. <laughs> so I can't say that anymore. Um, when I got back from my mission, I think I think a lot of people feel this, where they 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 get back from their mission and they they've had a great experience serving other people, and there just aren't many things like it, right? There there are things you can do that are good and beneficial, but I think for some people, especially, it feels like okay, it was all about other people, but now you're back in college to so think about you, think about a career, think about your future family, be very very self centered, and I didn't want to do that. I I had this deep desire to to help other people, and I think my mission really built that in me. Um, and I looked out at the world and said, I, I don't think that I want to spend my whole life, you know, making lots of money or, or building up a big business. And there's nothing wrong with those people who do if they're using those in the way that God wants them to. I'm not, I'm not trying to denigrate my friends in other, in other fields. Um, education was, uh, I, I joked with my son the other day. I said, I, he said, can you be a missionary for your whole life? Will they pay you to do that? And I said, no, but that's why I became a teacher, you know, because it's that same kind of level of fulfillment where you can do good in the world. Um, and if it makes them feel any better, you know, you, you get paid almost as much as when you're a missionary. So, so that's a good thing. Accurate. You know, I, <laughs> I got $85 every two weeks. There you I, go. You know, yeah, exactly. So exactly. That is both funny and unfortunate at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness. So let's see what, what segment of the department are you in? Are you in special education? What, what? department or what program in the department are you? Well, I, I am very lucky. I am in the elementary education program, um, which is funny because I was a middle school teacher. And so they are very kind and they are very patient with me, even though I don't really fit in. Uh, they, they are, they are very, I have, I, I think some of the best colleagues in the entire world. And, uh, 
Uh, Mike Bryan, who just retired in, in, in one of his retirement videos, just paused and said, I sure love my colleagues. When you look at people around you and you see how good they are, it's just overwhelming. And and that's how I feel every day. Uh, I don't think I'll ever forget that. But um, I work in elementary education. I teach classes in, um, there's there's an Ed 200 class that's really fun. So I've taught that before, which is like an introduction to philosophy and history. And, you know, what do you believe about education? That's a really fun one. That's an intro class. Um, right now I'm teaching uh, educational psychology and it is so fun. So how does the brain learn? What are all of the current events going on in in the world? And how do they, if you look at them through the lens of psychology, how do you start to go, oh, there might be some solutions to these kinds of things. When you look at tribalism and polarization and, and identity and all of these kinds of things, so we cover some of that stuff. And then a lot of my time is spent in practicum. So this is where students are going out into schools and I'm observing them and, and, and helping them to, um, to build their teaching muscles and become awesome. And then they, they go off and, and do amazing things in schools. Well, fantastic. So you talked about how students can go off and do things. What about those students coming in who are freshmen who may not have decided what am I going to major in what is your pitch to them, I guess, to try and get them into the education department, education I, major? I, I think that's a great question. The first thing I would say is come and take one of my classes. Like, like don't, don't experiment with, I think sometimes people think that they have to make a full decision right, right from the get-go. Um, I, I love the talk by President Packer where he talks about 50 feet of light. There's a train and in front of the train, there's a big light and the light only goes 50 feet. And somebody comes up to the conductor and says, well, how do you know? I mean, how, how you can only see 50 feet. And he said, yeah, but when I move forward 50 feet, another 50 feet is visible. So come and try one of my classes and see if it's interesting to you. I think, by the way, you know, in other schools of education, they will talk about how education is a human right and education is good for society. And all of those things are true. But at BYU-Idaho, it's a spiritual endeavor. Right? Learning is fundamentally a spiritual endeavor. And I'm stealing that from a great devotional address, right? That, that, that's not my title. Um, I, I think that this is one of the only places I've ever worked where I can speak without having to walk around eggshells um, about what I feel, about what learning is, and what, what the, the art of teaching is. It's, it's, it's really genuinely magical. Now, I know a lot of people are saying, well, what about, the, what about the salary? What about, you know, we don't get paid very much and the respect and all of it. Listen, there are chances to do good, and if the Lord wants you there, he will help you to figure those things out. You will have to work hard. You'll have to budget well. Um, there, are gonna, there are opportunities to work during the summer. I know that that's not, you know, a buddy of mine says, you know, my favorite three reasons for being a teacher. I said, no, what is that? He said, June, July, and August. I said, that's, not, that's, that's rude. Don't, don't be that way, right? Um, the reality is that there are things you can do with after-school programs and other things. There are always schools who are looking for a chance to, to, to pay teachers to do a little bit extra. Um, and there are ways to do that. There are also different locations. So yes, in some places, teacher pay isn't great, but in other locations, you get paid a whole lot. And it just really depends on what you are looking to do. So I, I would say to anybody who's got a kind of a closed mind about it, keep an open mind instead. And if you feel the Lord directing you to, to take steps in that direction, just don't turn him down. Take the opportunity to walk down that path a little bit and see if the light keeps growing. And I love that. You're just having faith, Right. Faith is a, an encompassing thing. It envelops every aspect of our lives mm -hmm. and especially in our employment, right? Mm -hmm. How have you seen that in your, your journey, right? You've had, to, you've had to navigate salary and the different things that come up in questions. Um, how have you seen the Lord help you maybe in that endeavor? I think when I was an early teacher, um, I was manifestly terrible. Right. And most people don't talk about that part, but like most early teachers are not very good. I was even worse. Right. I, I was actually awful at my job. 
And I kept kind of looking up to heaven and going, I, I, I could have sworn you wanted me here. Like, did you really want me here? Was this a mistake? What am I thinking? Right? And I, I remember one friend was just like, oh, you, you were really cocky. You thought you were going to be good at this, and you're not. And now you're, you're being humbled, and that, that'll be good for you. And I, I'm sure that was part of it, right? This was the Lord's divine plan for Ben Pacini. Um, I think that there are times when the Lord gives you a really clear um, manifestation of what he wants you to do. He sends you a little message of like, no, 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 you need to do this. And at first I was like, yay, I know what to do. And then later it was like, oh, he told me because it was going to be really hard. And sometimes faith is optimism and sometimes faith is conviction and sometimes faith is grit. And it is going through it even though it's not pleasant and it's not fun and it's really challenging. And you come out a different person on the other side. I have said before that I am incredibly grateful that I was a teacher before I was a parent. I have said before that I am grateful that um, my teaching career has made me a better disciple. Um, it has made me look at other human beings in a completely different way. And I think those are things that I wouldn't have gotten. So as much as teaching is a career that I love and I hopefully help other people, it has also changed me as a human being in ways that um, I don't think I could have been changed otherwise. I love that. I love that. So come going a, going around the country, I know we, we send students out and they become student teachers mm -hmm. and they get enveloped and in, in, uh, in their own communities, whether that's out of state in Texas or or wherever it may be throughout the country, how have you seen uh, how have you seen different school districts or things that are looking for teachers? How have you seen them respond to the student teachers that we produce here? At That's a university? fabulous question. So, I have not heard from from some of these folks uh, personally, but I think I think I'm okay to to share this story. Um, we just recently partnered with a new school district um, out in in Melissa, Texas, and uh, they they reached out to us. So they had hunted BYU Idaho, and that that was a little surprising. You know, typically we don't have people come knocking on our doors, and they reached out to us and said, um, I, "I think it's fair to put it this way." They said, "We know exactly what you stand for. We know that you care about kids." And you care about the important things and you will bring values that we want to see in our school district. Um, I think that sometimes we believe that we need to hide our faith, that sometimes that somehow we need to bury it under a bushel, that um, that it is not a good thing. That has not been our experience. You know, we're not sending teachers out to evangelize kids, to be missionaries. We are sending them out to be phenomenal teachers. And phenomenal teachers have strong and meaningful values that they don't hide, that they they say, um, you know, in my classroom, everyone here is safe and we're going to make sure everyone has a phenomenal and good experience. So I think that I think that our, our partner school districts have been wonderful to work with on, on, on our end. We, we love our partner school districts and we hope that we're providing something of equal or, or greater value back to them. And it seems like that has been their experience. Um, I think that, you know, I, I am pleased at the end of the day that I can say that we are sending our very, very best out to make a difference for kids in, in, in every possible place that we can. And that that's that's how I feel about that. Going full circle, you talked about how your son asked you, is it possible to get paid for your entire life to be a missionary? Would it be fair to say possibly that even though you're not saying it in words, right, as a teacher, um, as and you're, but you're building that environment in a classroom and you're doing it indeed, would it be possible to say that possibly you're getting paid to be a missionary in action and not in word necessarily? Well, let me put it this way. First of all, I, I feel like I'm cheating because a student once complained to me. They said, well, I just feel like you teach the gospel a lot in your class. And I laughed. And I said, well, yeah. <laughs> you know, and did you not notice the sign that said BYU-Idaho, right, as you're walking in? Um, absolutely, I do. I love like. Again, this is the only place in my life where I've been able to teach, you know, without having to to, to try to censor myself. Um, 
But I think a little bit more practically, I remember a few years ago, somebody said, how do you feel the spirit? And, and you know, kind of like there's this, everybody feels it in different ways. Um, and I'm not sure that that's true. I think we all feel it actually in, in, in different ways, but sometimes very similar ways. And, and here's one that I think most people probably feel. I want you to think of a time when you felt the spirit. And I want you to think of a time um, when you learned something new that was really cool. And I'll bet the more you ponder on that, you realize that they're the same feeling. President Brigham Young said once that um, we that, that he was talking to um, at that time Brigham Young Academy that that was uh, um, that was down in Provo now now Brigham Young University um, and he was speaking to the to the first headmaster there and uh, said you should not even teach the multiplication tables without the Spirit of God um, I would flip that and say I don't think that it is possible to effectively teach without the Spirit um, th- these are my own private beliefs and maybe they're not scriptural but. I think the Holy Ghost is in charge of all learning, and you don't learn anything without having some communication with the Spirit. And you can feel that when you love learning, when you love truth, those are the same thing, that you 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 get closer to your Heavenly Father. And so, yes, in a very literal way, being a math teacher was being a missionary, right? Um, I, I worship truth. Um, a, a buddy of mine has said, um, sometimes we like to talk a lot about um, what is true, and he likes to posit who is true, who is truth, Um the uh, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And so we literally worship the being who says, I am the truth. So anytime we can get students to um, get just a little bit closer to, to what truth is, we are, we are doing good for them in a, in a really deep and profound way. And I, I love that. I love getting to wake up every morning and come to a place like BYU-Idaho and say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get them a little closer to truth today. What you said reminds me of the scripture that says that the Spirit— right, is there to to teach us mm-hmm. and to be a companion to us as in the classroom, um, in wherever we are, right? And so I think you're, you're right on. You say that it's impossible to learn without the Spirit. The Spirit is the teacher. And uh, whenever we're in a situation where we're learning, right, everybody has that light of Christ. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting to me that you posed it in such a way that if you learn something new and you compare that to when you feel the spirit, then that is, that's the spirit because the spirit is alive in all of us to to some degree, right? We all have some, some portion of the spirit and we can all learn. Mm -hmm. And I think that is a great, a great thing to remember. And and I, I would argue that like, we need to be careful here because I think that, you know, um, I don't know how the divine, you know, first presidency works, right? <laughs> right? I don't know how things are divvied up in, in in their quorum meetings where the Holy Ghost takes takes this piece and that piece. And I, I don't want to overly, you know, extend my own personal doctrine on this stuff. Um, I feel very confident that there is a way to worship my Heavenly Father through my mind and through the intellect and through learning as much as I can and worshiping at the altar of truth. Now, we need to be careful with that too, right? There are other ways like service and serving others. And if all you do is worship at the altar of truth and learning things and you're reading Wikipedia while your neighbor needs help moving, you're probably not the kind of Christian that the Lord wants you to be. Um, but I think it is it is really a privilege to get to be, work at a place where my daily walk is to worship with the mind. I love that. I love that. So kind of just capping this interview off, how can students find it more information? Where can they go to get more involved in your department? Oh, that's a great question. So come by my office. I'm in the Hinkley building next to the elevator on the main floor. 
Um, my office is the one with the memes on the door. Uh, I have some good ones, not going to lie. Um, so come by anytime. Um, I would love to talk. We, you know, there's something that I sometimes tell my students is, you know, at other universities, they have to balance researching with teaching. And I love that I get to be here because if you come to my office, you are not interrupting my work. You are my work. Nothing gets me more excited than when somebody knocks on the door and says, hey, I saw a meme. Can we talk? I don't know what to major in. I'm like, yeah, come on in. It should be ed education. Let's talk more. Right. <laughs> and then we get to chat. Um, second, there's a great, there, there are a bunch of different academic societies. There are two on education. There's the teacher education society and the triad society. Um, I actually help run one of them. I'm the advisor for the triad society. So we would love to have people come to those. We have, we have activities that are specifically geared to newish students who aren't really sure what they want to do. Um, the third one that I would say though, is go substitute teach at a school, check out, you know, each school district has their own requirements. You might have to have 30 credits or 60 credits. You might have to do a background check. Um, but like, if you're interested in doing this, Think about the teacher who made a difference in your life. Think about the person who changed the direction that your life went because they affected you as a teacher. Maybe it was a mom or a dad. Maybe it was a seventh grade teacher, or a 12th grade teacher. Everybody has those people. Being a teacher means getting to have that opportunity. Um, and not everybody will get to be a teacher. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, it's very sad. Not, not all of you get to do that. Some of you have to major in business. That's okay, right? But those of you who decide to, um, I think the rich rewards await you. And, and that's a really, really lovely thing. Seventh grade biology. Mrs. <laughs> so Kamey. you had one. I there have it is. one, and I loved her. Oh my goodness! And We're she still changed friends. your life, didn't yeah. she? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I am not a science buff. I I'm not a science person at all. But I remember her, and we're still friends on Facebook. That, see, that's and here's the thing. My ninth grade uh, English teacher, Ms. Nace, is my friend on Facebook, and I write better posts because I'm afraid she will correct my grammar, right? <laughs> like, this is very important. Everybody has that teacher. Signing up to be a teacher means signing up to be that kind of a person. And it takes years of practice, and it is not easy, and you will struggle, and there will be tears, and that's okay, and it will make you a better person, and you'll be grateful for it in the long run. Absolutely. So you're saying, if I correct me if I'm wrong, but each school district, 30, 60, do you have to be do you have to have a major in teaching to be a substitute teacher? Absolutely not. This is one of the great misconceptions out there. And I will just tell you, everybody right now is looking for great substitute teachers. So you do not have to have a baccalaureate degree. You don't have to have your 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 bachelor's finished. Um, many of the, some districts that I've heard of, well, well actually, I, I had a friend who graduated from high school with some college credits. You know, sometimes you can take some of those classes. He graduated and then the next fall he was back as a substitute teacher. And it was the weirdest thing to see my buddy walking around in school. This was in Salt Lake, so it's not it's not up here in Idaho. Um, if by the way, I will say too, subbing is hard. Subbing is not a blast, but you will learn a lot about yourself quickly. The other thing that I would say too is we we you know we care a lot about having teachers who are practically prepared, tough enough to do a really really good job in schools. Um, and I just don't think that you can find any other better way to do that than being in schools. You've been in schools for 13 years, right? You've been there. You think you know how it is. You go back for one day thinking in terms of being a teacher, and it's totally different. And so go out and substitute teach. Find a Friday. You know, a lot of people have Monday, Wednesday classes and Tuesday, Thursday classes, and Friday is open. Okay, well, maybe you need some of that time for homework. Totally valid. But maybe you're thinking about being a teacher. Go back to that school that you love that has a good environment where, they, where you know that they support substitute teachers and say, hey, what would it take for me to be a substitute teacher? I, I've always thought about this. I'd love to try it out for myself. Um, and then when you do that two or three times and it's miserable, come and talk to me and I'll give you some tips and it won't be terrible and we'll get you through. And then you'll realize, wow, maybe I should major in education so I can be amazing at this. Um, being a teacher is also becoming a leader. 
Uh, one thing, if and I don't know how much time we have, so if I'm going over, you cut me off. But if I can just say this, sometimes we do this thing where we say, well, you're majoring in physics. What do you want to do with that? Well, I can do a whole bunch of things because I'm smart and I know math and I know physics and I could be an engineer or a mathematician. I've got lots of options. But a lot of times in education, we don't make that pitch. And I want to be really clear. If you are an effective educator, you're going to be an effective manager, an effective leader, an effective communicator. You are going to think about parenting in a different way. The overlap in skills that come from being a phenomenal educator are so vast and so broad. And we do a really good job talking about that in a lot of other fields, and we don't do it in education. So let me be clear that um, and, and one other thought, actually, the amount of innovation happening in education over the next 10 years, I think is going to be um, pretty incredible. You've heard of Pathway and the amazing things that Pathway is doing, right? You, you, you've probably heard about all of the different um, policy things that are shifting in, in the education landscape. Now is a time for phenomenal, innovative leaders to come into education and say, I want to make a better experience for students. I want to change the model. I want to try something new. I want to whatever. Those are those are opportunities that we have right now. And now is, you know, if we had another hour, I would talk to you all about this. Now really is in some ways a hinge point. And I think that's worth being aware of. Maybe you've always thought about being a business major. Well, have you considered doing business in the in the arena of education? Because there's so much good that you could do. And that, that's, a, that's another one. Come by my office, middle floor of the Hinkley with the memes next to the elevator. And I can tell you all my thoughts. And I would, I would love to, to get a few more people in the education department because of it. I love it. I love it. Is there anything else you would like to touch on that we haven't discussed? Uh, the questions I didn't know to ask. Anything that you would like to touch on? Mike is yours. Uh, never going to give you up. Never going to let you down. Uh, that's about all I've got. <laughs> Listen, I don't know what the listenership of BYUI Radio is, but I'm patting myself on the back physically right now because I just rickrolled all of you. So we're going we're gonna to call that a win. <laughs> I love it. Oh, my goodness. If nothing else, you want to stop by his office just because he is a phenomenal <laughs> person to chat with. Brother Ben Bacini, thank you so much. And thank you for your time, um, for what you do for this university. You sold me. If nothing else, you sold me. If I could change my major, it would definitely be the education. Well, I'm thrilled to hear it. It's been a pleasure. God bless. Oh, thank you very much. That was Ben Bacini with the education department here at BYU-Idaho. I'm Chandler Guadagnin. Thank you for listening to BYU-Idaho Radio.